0: Hello, you amazing people. You're listening to the Marketing and Coffee Podcast, the show that brings you the latest in marketing, especially in the UAE market, with your host, Lijo Etoupe. Welcome to
1: another episode. Today is Redefining Market Research. So today I have Manchu Assist. The I think one of the best persons in the region to talk about market research with an experience of over 25 years. He runs his own company, Six Factor Consulting, and he has headed one of the largest market research organizations in the region. Welcome to the podcast, Imanshu.
0: Thanks, Lejo. Look forward to this interesting discussion.
1: Excellent. So a uh, quick one. So I recently read an interview of yours in Campaign ME, in which you went as far as saying MR as we know it is dead. Can you elaborate a little more on that?
0: I knew when I was saying that is gonna get me in trouble. <laughs> uh, but and I have had this argument with fairly senior global leaders who are leading market research organizations. And I the context of this is that every industry has its norm. So it does things the way it has done, and it has stopped proven systems which are working for it. What is happening now is on the back of three things. The market research industry needs to really reinvent itself. And what will happen in a few years from now is what will be known and what market research will be doing will be very different from what we see today. And there are three changes just to simplify it. One, everyone knows about the developments in AI and developments in AI is not to do with what's happening in market research. It's in general AI is developing and developing for the tech guys. So that's one piece and it has huge implications. The second piece that is happening is that there is an explosion of data that is available, right? And this is consumer-generated data. This is data which has a lot of meaning if someone could find the patterns and the stories that is there in this data in multiple forms. And the third thing is there are a lot of suppliers who have come up who are tech suppliers and I think they will enable the disruption of the Market research industry in the coming
1: years. Interesting. Yeah, it's quite interesting. The explanation, as they say, garbage in, garbage out. So I think the role of an agency becomes big because artificial intelligence is as good as the people who are working with it.
0: Absolutely. I was just recently writing a book on AI. And one of the things that I keep facing when I'm doing uh, discussions with people on AI is they think AI is a replacement for humans. And I keep telling them AI is like a tool. It's like someone in the stone age is saying, oh, I don't want a hammer because once I have a hammer, what will I do with my hands? So AI is essentially a tool which will help you do things better, efficient and faster. Yes, a hammer can be used to kill someone, but AI can be misused and there needs to be intelligent regulations and system to check that. The second thing, I think you said the phrase which is most appropriate, garbage in, garbage out. And that is equally true for machine learning. I have seen AI programs, which are so wrong, it's hilarious. As long as you're not the brand, which is using those programs. Mm -hmm. So there has to be a supervised learning. But let me give you a couple of examples of AI, which is really impacting and I think will impact market research. And I'll take three quick examples. One is a lot of data that is coming is in the form of what we are doing today. Audio, I think it's going to explode. Voice, voice recognition. So what happens when a customer calls a call center? How is the conversation going? What was the conversation? What insights can you get from there? What is happening when a consumer uploads pictures? What happens when a consumer uploads videos? So moving from text, you're moving into a system which has audio, video, images, right? And that's where AI can really do magic of collating this unstructured pieces of data to get insights and get insights on an ongoing basis. Now imagine you have uh, a segmentation of consumers which was based on the typical qualitative, quantitative, asking questions, running uh, regression and different kinds of advanced analytics. Uh, Today, there is a deep learning possible for doing the segmentation. So a person calls your call center just based on the voice, just based on the first sentence, you should be able to segment that where this customer is likely to fall and that you can change the, tonality and the content of that conversation with the customer.
1: Great. Based on a six-factor web website, okay, I'm coming back to a completely different question. is I see something called as neuromarketing. Is absolutely. it something new in line with AI or is it, what does it mean for a marketer? No, absolutely. Very good question. And I think
0: these are all related topics to the broad theme that you've talked about as how market research is changing and evolving. So the main stimulus for market research change is coming from the technologies that are being developed. And because market research is comparatively not that large industry, these technological developments are happening in other fields. So AI is happening with the tech giants. Now, neuromarketing is a field, which in the last decade has evolved a lot in a medical world. And at the core of it is our understanding of the brain, how that works and how does it store information And how does it make choices based on that information? So it is changing the world. The first concept that changes is it's not a perfect machine. It has its own limitations to enable it to function most efficiently in the most energy efficient way from an evolutionary perspective. So what neuromarketing does, it evaluates any biophysical stimuli that it can measure in response to a stimuli. What that means in practical terms for a market research practitioner and a market research user or a brand owner is you can show a couple of stimuli. So you can show add one, add two. You can show logo one, logo two. You can show three different concepts and you can evaluate what is the reaction of that person without asking a single question. So it feels when I describe it like this as something out of a science fiction movie, But fortunately or unfortunately, again, a very powerful tool which has matured. So a very basic example of neuromarketing usage is eye tracking, which is probably a few decades old. But today the technology is so advanced that if you're developing a website, if you're developing, if you're doing a planning for signages at the airport, if you're doing layouts at banks, and these are all projects we have done in the region. You can use a simple eye tracking to understand how consumers process and look at information so that it leads to a better customer experience, right? And then you start layering it. Then you can layer it with a a response of your biophysical activity. So your heartbeat, your sweating, which shows how much brain activity is happening. So, for example, you have launched two experiences, right? Let's say uh, two rides or two uh, cars, in which a consumer is going through a certain experience. You can measure a biophysical response, which in simple terms was something which was done while you were doing light detection. So same technology, but it will tell you what kind of uh, response a consumer is having in a very reliable manner. And third, uh, one of the other advances is in the way we measure responses happening inside our head. So just a simple measurement on the surface of electrical activity happening in different parts of the brain tells you how a consumer is processing a certain information, what is he retaining, and which part of the brain is he processing, and therefore, what is the likely impact of the stimulus. Similarly, I can go on and on. You can measure the muscle movement on the faces so it's not intrusive. You can analyze voice again with the advent of Alexa and what these companies are doing in the next few years, I will see a tremendous progress in uh, analyzing voice, creating voice signatures, but also understanding when a person says, I like it, what does that mean from from what's going on in his mind? And these are very powerful tools for marketers to use, which can provide accurate, reliable, and predictable understanding of how the consumers will react to any uh, marketing stimuli that they're putting out there.
1: It's interesting you say that a lot of this, you say that voice is becoming big, right? And you said how to put the story together between voice, text, images, videos, there's so many different formats that's out there and AI is going to help. And more than ever, now people are expressing themselves socially and the social media formats. And because of which a lot of the research organizations have gone into social listening. It's also has SEO. So I assume that you're also doing some work uh, around social listening. So what exactly do you do with social listening?
0: Absolutely. So I think the uh, the pattern is emerging, right? So the pattern is that there is new technology. There's a lot of information and data that's happening. So you're using AI, you're using neuromarketing. Now, with the amount and content of data that's generated on the social media, there are four or five basic levels, right? So the first level that evolved in social media listening was there was these tools which I would call crawlers. So what they would do is you would give a term there, right? You would say fresh milk and they would crawl the net and pick up everything around fresh milk. And then they would tell you number of mentions, they would do some analysis to tell you how many happened with your brand, how many happened with competitive brand. And this in my mind was level one. Uh, which evolved over a period of time, which has its own issues. Then what has happened is you start putting putting this data in certain context. So then there is contextual crawling that is happening and there a bit of AI has started coming into play. For example, what we have done is we have trained machines to read data in a certain context. So for example, you can use the entire Wikipedia and the RFF feeds to say that words occur together and therefore which personality is associated with which brand, which personality is associated with sports, which is... So there's a context that the machine knows and then it does crawling, and then it can get a richer understanding of the data that it captures. Now, what has happened at level three is that now you have context, you have data that has emerged And at the third level, now what you have to do is you have to look at longitudinal data. So one of the last pieces that has started emerging for us as we are working with some of the uh, big clients is to try and guide them into where the market is likely to evolve in 10 years from now. So in 10 years from now, and literally to plan for that uh, uh, that kind of time horizon, can you today say what, when will, so is yoga becoming big? There is an entire trend about short-form video. How can we, at what point can you pick it up? And how quickly can you action that? Now, that is likely to give you the most competitive advantage. So what we have done as far as social listening is concerned is combine these pieces to one, provide what is happening with your brand. So this is what we call a static view, right? So a category understanding, a brand understanding, a consumer understanding, in terms of what's happening with either of these pillars. right? Uh, The second level then goes into understanding the context in which your category exists, and therefore, what you can do to engage, uh, create action, and create a likability for your brand. That's the second. And the third is to provide intelligence to where things are likely to move, so you get competitive advantage. And it's the third. where we are seeing maximum traction or utility for the brands where they can say okay if I want to invest I need to invest in this ingredient I want to invest in this product I want to invest in this form of communication this is the trending topic today if you look at a brand and how it's engaging you have to really be on top of the game to quickly capitalize on what is trending right that's how you maximize your budget that's how you create your brand Today, a brand cannot be a static brand. It has to stand for something. So like, for example, Black Lives Matter in the US. Now, it, earlier, it, the strategy for global brands would have been, okay, stay away from controversies. Today, you have to take a stand, right? And all this leads to you have to have a dynamic intelligence. And that intelligence can only today, in the most efficient form, come from being on top of your social media and social conversations that are happening so that's how it's evolving and I think it has to be again the mistake that the industry should not do is become tool centric you have to become meat centric so a lot of organizations what they do is oh I've bought this tool and this is the best way to do it no the best way to do it will change as technology evolves as data privacy laws evolve uh, as the brand requirements and consumer platforms evolve so today TikTok is a fantastic opportunity, but nobody can crack it. Instagram gives you so many insights, but Instagram now when it does short form video, how do you incorporate that into your digital intelligence? And all these processes are dynamic and ongoing. So you also as a provider need to have that flexibility to provide social media intelligence.
1: Yeah, exactly. And the thing to sense that pattern, so data will throw something, but the human intervention I feel is required to make sense of that what does it mean eventually?
0: Absolutely, lido And I think one of the things that I really struggle with in global conversations is uh, this resistance saying that, and whether it's stated upfront or at a subconscious level, where people feel, you know what, oh, now there is artificial intelligence which can create content. So I can do <laughs> ABT testing using uh, uh, the partners such as Facebook and Google because I can launch different campaigns. And what I continue to tell them is, guys, that's great because that takes the role of a market research consultant to the next level, which is more fulfilling, more satisfying, and honestly something that you can charge for much more. So creating a pattern and understanding the story behind all of these things, right? So at one side, you have big data, right? You have data pieces that are coming from the client, from his e-commerce website, from the from the social media crawlers that he has, and is in market sales. And the other side you have, what I would call thick data, which is understanding that happens from cultural understanding, qualitative understanding, the software understanding, and how do you marry these two to create the story, create uh, uh, and convert that story into, okay, Mr. Brand, this is what you need to be doing in terms of engagement, in terms of product, in terms of communication, in terms of how you can drive your revenues and profitability. And that's absolutely the right role for market research in the coming years.
1: Exactly. To make sure that all the variables that is there goes in decision making comes back as a a simple story for the brand to execute. I think that's what's required.
0: Perfectly said. And that is where I think a lot of uh, market researchers will decide either they are on the side of the fence where they are struggling because the the recruitment is being taken care of. And they are stuck with saying, I have a community and they are stuck with saying, I have this tool or I have this brand equity model or brand tracking model. And there'll be other organizations and researchers who will jump to the other side and say, great, you have, tell me what kind of data assets do you have? Tell me what is your business need? And let me answer them to the best of capabilities using the different solutions that I have. And this is the story. This is what your brand is uh, where it exists. This is where it can be. This is where your consumers are. This is where the cultural changes are. This is where the trends are. And therefore, Mr. Brand Owner, this is what you need to be doing. That's the future for market research.
1: So consumers across the world, are. I think you have an operation in APAC also, right? Besides Mid- Middle East?
0: Yes. So we are
1: headquartered in Dubai,
0: but we have a fairly large operations in Singapore covering the Southeast Asian markets. Yeah,
1: it sounds good. So I'm assuming the consumers... Are different in both the both the places, but I think I'm w- more interested to know how are they similar in, t- in consumer behavior or anything that you want insights that you can bring into this consumer behavior. No, sure.
0: So this is this entire debate about how many countries do I need to cover and what kind of sample and what's the so the at the base level human beings have very similar motivations. We all want Respect. We all care for our families. We all like friendships. We all like to have fun. So there are certain very strong universal motivations. And when we are working with a brand like Google, with a brand like Visa, brand like General Motors, so which are global brands you need to, a Coke and a Pepsi are good examples, right? Whether it's a, uh, so you need to have a common understanding of what motivates and how consumers are changing across the globe. What differs and what becomes contextual is the application of a certain concept. So for example, if a person wants to have fun is a good global platform, but I need to understand what is fun in Philippines, what is fun in Saudi, and what is fun in India. And that will make my brand, and this can actually, this hyper local understanding can also be supported by what I would say, uh, social media understanding. So what is tagged as funny and humorous in different cultures is very different. And therefore, you need to be conscious, one, that you have a common understanding of consumers. And that is what your brand is driving if you're a global brand. But at the same time, the intelligence to localize that uh, into different markets that you're going and giving your local teams the freedom to say, with this base platform, Please understand how the local uh, markets are and how that can be how that can be executed in your markets. And that's where I think the opportunity to do both a global understanding as well as local cultural understanding comes in. Just the last point, Lijo, on that is what we tend to do is so again, the, the, the market now has evolved. So you can do this smartly, right? You can understand global trends using a lot of big data, uh, using what is happening in terms of Uh, global movements global trends and you can go deep in cultural understanding by understanding that nuances for specific ethnic group now that ethnic group could be very specific a country level income level a gender level depending again on how your campaign will be or how your brand will be engaged so depending on what level you are going to engage uh, with the consumers in the specific geography
1: You have spoken about the eye tracking as one of the key things that you do to understand consumer behavior, right? And that there's a use case strongly on e-commerce. So brings me to the question, is e-commerce predominantly used by the larger, older generation organizations, FMCG? Are the new age companies like e-commerce or fintech companies using market research so, what are the use cases that these guys have, other than maybe eye tracking that we covered at the beginning of the conversation? Sure. So, uh,
0: let me. Let one of the lo- com- one of the companies with over a trillion dollar valuation. So, without naming the company, one of the three companies that I'm talking about.
1: Yeah.
0: Uh, these are the new age firms. Now, they have probably more data than you and me have the capability of thinking about. Right similarly one of the largest manufacturers of mobile phones in the world again one of the top two without naming now these people have a they have a lot of data but they have a very very strong need for consumer understanding in fact i would dare say so much that the understanding and the trends that the market research is going to evolve in will no longer be driven by the fmcg com- companies it will be driven by the new age tech Companies, whether it's in fintech, pure technology, or uh, even organizations such as Tesla. Because what is happening is the stakes are even larger, right? So, in an in FMCG company, what happens? You have a fairly well defined need, a fairly well defined product, and a fairly well defined consumer user journeys, right? So, you keep modifying it a little bit to say it's now whiter and it's whiter than whiter in different manners and forms. But the moment you move into these new areas, you need to understand, for example, one of the larger studies we did was to understand globally how a voice assistant should work. So it's a very simple thing. Its voice is becoming big and I have the series and the Alexas of the world who will assist me. Very simple task, but think of the questions it poses for you. It poses, what should be the tonality? Should it be a man or a woman? What kind of Humor, would should it take? What should be the tonality? It should be authoritative. It should be a parent. It should be an adult to adult. It should be a child. Should it need to change by demographic? How can you create engagement? When should humor come into play? When it should not? Should it be serious? Should it not be serious? Now, these are huge questions to be answered when you are designing this uh, uh, way of interaction with consumers because it's extremely personal. It needs to be hyper-personal. At the same time, the machine learning has to be such that the learning is happening at a global level so that the experience is improving continuously. So yes, I mean, there are many use case scenarios in designing the product, like in this case, a user experience. How does the user grow from entire journey of searching something to buying something on e-commerce? I can't think of a single industry which is evolving, which is not leveraging market research. The change that is happening is versus a traditional approach, which was I have a two year cycle of innovation where I will design products. And there is a stage gate process which goes through six stages. This is stage gate process crashed into one, (laughs) So you need to fail really fast if you are failing. And that is the change in mindset. These organizations are not working with two-year cycles. In two-year cycles, something that did not exist has become the biggest social media platform, minus the India and US story with TikTok. How quickly did it become the, the platform that it became? I mean, with that kind of speed that companies are coming to market. And similarly, if you see valuations that are happening on product side in the new technology technological led products, right? If you see the evolution and the speed with which these things are happening, market research has to keep pace. And that means you change the design of the process, you change what it is supposed to do. Uh, It's no longer about giving these large thick reports. It's a one page report the client is looking for saying, should I go ahead, should I not? If I go ahead, what are the three things that I need to change? And as soon as the report goes, actually the changes are happening. So we are doing researches which go on for three months, but They are going on in the sense that we do the research as the research is happening, the product or the solution is changing. Let's say if it's a website, it's an app, and then it goes into testing continuously, right? So it's evolving as we are testing. There's no separation between, oh, this was the design phase. This was the fieldwork phase. This was the report phase. It's merged into one, but it continues for a longer period of time because they're evolving the product with that speed.
1: Exactly. So the best example I can think of around those lines is like the, the aircraft is flying. You have to change this in engine in the air. You have to change the fuel in the air. You don't have time for it to land. And two years innovation cycle is unheard of in any industry right now. You, it's close to impossible. True. Very true. And I, I
0: know with you are much younger, but when I was growing up, two years was the norm. When I started in research 25 years back, two years, all these large companies... Used to have two-year plans for uh, their innovation cycles, understanding trend, then going into research lab, then developing these products, and then and that's where the market research industry evolved, right? Because it was the FMCG companies which were supporting the, which were the bread and butter for market research companies at that point of time. Today they are not. Today
1: yeah, I have are, lived, yeah, I've lived through a disastrous uh, two-year innovation cycle in Nokia, where it, by the time it innovated on touch. The market had gone in those two years to somewhere else so i've lived through some uh, bad examples of two years innovation cycle uh, I in a product
0: <laughs> i i just hope that i don't live through something similar for the market research industry later I? I really yeah, yeah. hope the market also, research industry is faster than that and not self-serving and saying oh no we are right and this is how it should be and uh, there are this, these reasons why we should not do things yeah. so the big players and their share prices are not giving me too much confidence late but I'm hoping that these things will change. If they don't, then as I see a a person from outside, today Qualtrics has probably a higher valuation than some of the larger market research companies who have been there for many more years, Uh, but these things will happen. So the outside players will come and completely change the game if we don't as industry leaders.
1: Yeah. And I think an organization like you is, is in between. So the shiftness in, in fast moving in terms of the consumer behavior I, and not like a big white elephant turning, taking time to move is right placed at the placed right for the next level of growth. So for yes, people- Leo,
0: absolutely. that's what I'm hoping for. And that's what we provide to our clients, but and I'll play the devil's advocate. See the The industry has to change, right? With our ability, we can only lead or give examples, but even though we provide something new, unless the industry changes, right? The players in the industry will be changed. Absolutely, I think the reason we are seeing such a tailwind behind us, and thankfully we were not affected in terms of business is because we are able to innovate, able to partner with the new technologies, provide those solutions. But I do hope that the same thing is done by the bigger industry in general.
1: Awesome. So for people, for organizations who want to reach out to you, I know you're available on LinkedIn. Is there any other way they can reach out to you? Sixth
0: factor is the thing that they need to Google. And the first thing we do is invite clients over for a game of pool at our office. Hopefully post COVID that will continue, maybe a virtual pool. But absolutely getting in touch on LinkedIn website, giving us a call best way to get in touch just over a coffee to discuss one thing we really love is to help clients think through their information requirements and information strategy so that and that's something we just enjoy doing so happy to have conversations with any of your listeners in that space
1: do you deliberately lose in the pool for to make the customer feel happy
0: Uh, depending on what's his budget yes
1: (laughs) okay great uh, good but thank you thanks a lot Imanshi, for coming on this show this has been excellent there's so many times I, feel I wanted to ask so many questions I had to call restrict myself considering that I wanted to uh, keep within the timelines but we'll have continuous conversation after this podcast thanks a lot it's been a pleasure
0: thank you Lejo thank you for the opportunity